Hello and welcome to another episode of Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I want to talk about just some of the things that are really that are going on in the news currently. I mean, we are really dealing with, uh, I mean, well, to sort of quote myself, well, not myself, but the, that, that from the book Colonization that I read last week, a mental and moral imbecility, uh, and that's what we're seeing. And again, as, as I've t discussed with uh, the Jesuit connection and everything with the, this whole radical left movement and where I think it's, put, it's trying to push uh, the right into swinging back hard right, um, and from there we will have a Sunday law, I believe. Um, and that's, you know, that's not dogma, that's not doctrine, that's just my personal opinion. Whether it's now or 10 years from now or 100 years from now or two months from now, it really doesn't matter. The the end state is going to be the same. The left is going to push until the right comes back like a whirlwind, as it says in Daniel chapter 11, that the king of the south, which is unbelief, pushes at the king of the north, but the king of the north comes back like a whirlwind. Some of the things that we're seeing, and I just wanted to point out, this stuff is clearly, it is so clear if you're if you're willing to look for it. In fact, if, even if you're willing not to look for it, it it's pretty much in your face. Um, this whole movement, it's not about black people. It's not about civil rights. That's why many of the... There are many individuals that were in the actual civil rights movement of the 1960s that are totally against the movements going on now. Over 50% of the rioters, I'm not calling them peaceful protesters. I'm not being politically correct here. And I don't want to be. I want to be truthful. Uh, these rioters are, are made up, 50% of them just about, are white people. And this is, this is the bearing of fruit of the education system, which we discussed last week. So is it really about racism? Or is it about, let me invent another ism here. Is it about anti-Christianism? Is that what it's really about? I think so. And the reason why is because we find there was an individual, I don't want to say his name uh, on on the air here, but there was an individual that did send me a couple videos where in Portland they're, they're burning the American flag and they're burning Bibles. It's like they're trying to push some sort of race war. And Rome has players on both sides and they just basically get to sit back and watch it all happen. The powers of Rome, their education system bearing fruit, and their utilization of communism now seeks to destroy America and the Bible. I have here from the Epic Times from Bowen Zhao, uh, that's X-I-A-O for the last name if you want to look them up, from the Epoch Times, July 29th through August 4th, uh, 2020, <clears throat> it says... Violence and anarchy reign in Portland. No end in sight as rioters call for revolution and feds struggle to contain violence. And they have a picture here. It's a, a protest. Uh, the, the heading says this. Jul uh, in Portland, Oregon on July 22nd, 2020, a protester throws a flaming object towards the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. courthouse after breaking through the perimeter fence in Portland. And this is the bearing fruit of our entertainment, 
whole system that we have set up, our rebellious music that we have, the video games, which I used to be into myself, games like Fallout and all these uh, post uh, you know, post-apocalypse scenarios and all the movies of post-apocalypse scenarios. You have a generation of, of young people that don't understand freedom and liberty. They've been taught to hate their own country. And now they want to make it look like the video game they've been playing for so long. There's spray paint. In this picture, there's a, there's a guy, he's got, you know, he's got a helmet on. He's in this typical Antifa uh, anarchist sort of uh, attire and he's got a, a flaming what looks like a molotov cocktail but i, I don't believe it is but it, that's what it looks like in his hand and he's throwing it or her whatever I, I i honestly can't tell the sex but it says this each night as the last scatters of sunlight fade away hundreds sometimes thousands of protesters and rioters begin to emerge their target the marco hatfield u.s courthouse located in downtown portland oregon what awaits them inside the courthouse is a mix of agents from the Federal Protective Service, the U.S. Marshal Service, and the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. They were sent to the cities as reinforcements to protect federal buildings. Amid banging drums and ruckus cheers, castigating law enforcement, some in the crowd attempt to agitate and escalate the scene further. Night after night, now into its 59th, and counting. Officers face an onslaught of projectiles such as rocks, bottles, and bricks, as well as commercial fireworks, which can cause burns, according to the Portland Police Bureau. Rioters also bang against protective barriers that surrounds most of the courthouse, sometimes using saws to cut through, other times grappling hooks or rope to tear it down. So th these are no way, shape, or form peaceful protesters. And someone sent me a uh, a video on in in Portland of them them burning the the American flags, cheering as it's happening, and burning Bibles. Well, what does Bibles have to do with racism? Well, I want to play you a clip about a protester in Seattle, a preacher actually, who was down in Seattle trying to preach the gospel he wasn't in in the in the midst of where the protest was going he was, he was on like a side road somewhere and he went down there to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and they they just the, the hatred that you hear in the voices of those these are young people um, against this person this is from CBN News. Uh, Portland protesters burn Bibles, American flag outside federal courthouse. This is from uh, on YouTube, on uh, CBN News, August second, twenty twenty. Listen. Some protesters in Seattle, Washington, weren't interested in the gospel message. Watch how they harassed one street pre preacher until someone stepped in. If you want the world to be better, a better place, start with yourself. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. You can preach the gospel to more people. You are not with us. Don't you talk to Please leave us alone. 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 Please leave us alone.
and follow us. I'm not even fo you're following me. You don't stand with us. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, go away. he shall not see the kingdom of God. So go what, away. What's your objective here? Huh? I, I'm wondering and what your objective is here. Our objective so is to honor the purpose of being here. They're so afraid. What he's doing is interfering. Do you mean like the First Amendment right to protest? Is that what you're talking about? He who tries to save his life. Is that what you mean? I'll tell you what. You tell me what church you're from. I don't live here. I don't even live in this country. Well, I'm just wondering if, if are you, is that what you're talking about? So what, is that what the First Amendment does? It gives you the right to tell him what to do? Or does it give you the right to say what you want to say? Just wondering. I just wonder if you can explain it to me. That's all. Uh, CBN contributor Chuck Holton shot that video, and that's his voice you hear confronting that disrupted protester. And Chuck joins us now. Chuck, what can you tell us about this incident? Why were they harassing the street preacher? Well, this is in the former Top Chaz area down downtown Seattle, and uh, so it, it's not a friendly place for Christians anyway. That's kind of like the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco. It's where all the gay bars are and everything like that. But there was a protest going on uh, at that time, and this guy was on a side street. He had nothing to do with the protests, but he was just walking up and down this pedestrian street and preaching. And uh, the, well, the interesting thing is, you heard that girl saying, please leave us alone, please leave us alone. But they came from the protest and walked down that street to find that preacher and start harassing him. He had already been harassed quite a bit. You could see that his back was all wet. They had dumped a drink over him and things like that before I started filming. So uh, they, they sought him out in order to harass him. Yeah, interesting. Well, you have been among the protesters, Chuck, in Portland and Seattle. Have you seen or heard them express anti-God or anti-Christian attitudes? Oh, absolutely. I was told in Portland that Christianity is a white supremacist religion. Uh, and everything's racist. It was a, it's a racist religion, they said, uh, which would have probably been news to our savior who was Middle Eastern. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense, but these people are sort of beyond irony at this point. Um, they say that they're there for, for justice, but they're really not there for justice. They say that they're there to defund the police, but in reality, they want to become the police, not get rid of the police. Yeah. They say that they're there to take the knee off of George Floyd's neck, but in reality, they want control. They want to become the knee on George Floyd's neck. And that was made abundantly clear in the week that I spent down there. Wow, so did you hear that? And I, and I really, the reason why we have to acknowledge if you're an American citizen uh, and you've lived in this country for any number of years, that us getting away from God is the reason for all of this. It's because of national sin and personal individual sin. I think we can all really take a step back and heed the, the beautiful words that that brave preacher said when he said, if you want to change the world, if you're or rather, if you want the world to be a better place, start 
with yourself. That's that's amazing. That's just amazing advice because it's true. You know, if you really want the world to be better, that that's really God's sphere of taking care of things. But as you can see, um, those those protest quote unquote peaceful protesters, they came and sought him out. They poured water or some some type of drink on him, and and according to Chuck Holton, that that uh, journalist there, I don't know if he's independent or if he actually works for CBN News, but um, he said that uh, according to the protesters, Christianity is a white supremacist religion. Are you kidding? I think he made he made a very good point there where he said that they don't they don't want to defund the police. They want to become the police. Just like in communist Russia. They they what happened? They were protesting against the government then. They had the October Revolution. And then they took over the government and then they became the government. You know, they they want to become the knee. And it's so true. The divide right now is just so wide on on such unbelievable levels. It's just scary. And I would just want to um, talk about how we see the left pushing. We know the right's going to come back. But what's going to be destroyed in the midst of it all? The Constitution. So prepare yourself for that because it's coming. It's coming. You know, we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray that those individuals that are standing in the gap, that they would be strong and bold and courageous to do what they need to do, that we could do what we need to do in our own spheres, in our own lives, to take hold and, and raise that banner, raise the standard. But as Jesus said, when you see these things come to pass, lift up your eyes to the sky for your redemption draweth nigh. I got a quote here from Ellen White from Testimonies of the Church, Volume 5, page 451. This is something we ought to keep in mind. By the decree of enforcing the institution of the papacy in violation of the law of God, our nation will disconnect herself fully from righteousness. That's the Sunday law. When the Sabbath Sunday issue becomes so great that they enforce it by law, we will disconnect ourselves from righteousness. When Protestantism, she goes on, when Protestantism shall stretch her hand across the gulf to grasp the hand of the Roman power, when she shall reach over the abyss to clasp hands with spiritualism, when, under the influence of this threefold union, our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government, and shall make provision for the propagation of papal falsehoods and delusions. Then we may know that the time has come for the marvelous working of Satan, and that the end is near. So, that is a right movement that's going to take place. Keep that in mind, folks. The pendulum's swinging one way now. It's going to swing back the other way very hard in the future. Um, I also I got a quote here from uh, the Washington Times, July 29th, 2020. Uh, from Cal Thomas on the the title, the heading of the article is uh, The Goals of Black Lives Matter and Its Radical Ideology. And I just want to talk about, um, essentially, again, the connection between Protestant principles and so-called racism. It's not really about being white. Keep that in mind. It's not about whiteness. It's not about racism. It's about anti 
Christianism. That's what it is. Um, the article says this, according to Action, the founding principles of BLM include a guaranteed minimum income for all black people, free health care, free schooling, free food, free real estate, gender reassignment surgery, free abortion, already disproportionately high among African-American women, 27.1 per 1,000 women compared to 10 per 1,000 for white women, but apparently unborn black lives don't matter to BLM. Interesting, this is from Washington Times saying that. Uh, BLM also demands reparations and wants to create a global liberation movement that will overturn U.S. imperialism and capitalism. Those are fancy words for saying Christian principles so that they can bring in communism and socialism. That's what they want to do. And I think the whole reparations thing is just, it's just insane. Maybe right after slavery it would have made sense. But as far as we are now, I would say absolutely not. I mean, it's like, it's like uh, what percentage, even even during the heyday of slavery, what percentage of the American population had slaves? It was less than 10% for sure. Less than 10%. I believe it was less than 2% actually that actually owned slaves specifically in the South. And so we're going to punish. There was abolition movements from the very founding of this country all the way up until finally the slave trade ended completely and slaves were no longer there was no more slavery in the united states so over that course of time all the abolitionists they have to pay reparations all the people that were against it you're going to make 95 to 98 percent let's say it's 10 percent let's say 90 you're going to make 90 percent of the posterity who had nothing to do with slavery pay for it that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any sense at all but keep in mind this is a very bad idea black lives matter it, it sounds to me like the elites you know if you study the elites like in freemasonry and the illuminati and rome their jesuits they are actually extremely racist and that's real racism the elitists they really are and that's why it makes sense to me that they would have a minimum income for all black people they would give them free health care free schooling free food free real estate and gender reassignment surgery that all those things would help to completely destroy that race you see when you give somebody something like that it's I mean, it's the the old adage you give a man a fish he eats for a day you teach a man to fish he eats for a lifetime. So you make all the black people, you're going to take the entire race and make them completely not only subservient, but needing of the government. They need, constantly will need stuff from the government because they will have to have all these special things. It's a very, very bad situation. I also have another clip here actually from Ben Shapiro and this is from the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Okay? And they released an article or a display rather which uh, Ben Shapiro talks about 
right here and where it talks about internalizing whiteness. And I want you to I want you to forget about um, race for a minute. I want you to think about when you're hearing his quote because he's going to focus on on whiteness um, because that's that's the very words that the African American history um, National Museum of African American History and Culture uh, the way they word it. But I want you to keep in mind, think of Protestantism, think of Christianity, true Christian principles. Put that lens on right now and listen to what these groups are calling for. Listen. So here is the new definition of whiteness and racism. Get, get ready for this because this is amazing. And this is from taxpayer-sponsored National Museum of African American History and Culture. Aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States. This is a full poster. White dominant culture or whiteness refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes, and ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we all have internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. So in other words, if you're a black person and you believe in any of the following lists that we're going to get to in a second, any of the following principles, if you're black and you believe this, it's because on the inside you're white. You've now turned into an Oreo, right? That is the, really, this is what this is saying. It is saying that you, if you have internalized any of the things I'm about to explain to you, then it is because you have now internalized whiteness. You have now suffered from assimilationism, as Ibram Kendi suggests, in how to be an anti-racist. Okay, here are some of the things that are associated with whiteness and white-dominant culture. Okay, these are some of the things. And again, I challenge you to tell me how this is anything different from what David Duke would say, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK. Rugged individualism is about white-dominant culture or whiteness. The individual as the primary unit, self-reliance, Independence and autonomy, highly valued and rewarded. Individuals assumed to be in control of their environment. You get what you deserve. So individualism itself is just a white thing. If you believe that you have agency in your own life, which by the way is the precondition to any success in this life or any other, if you believe that you have the, the power to shape your own future, that is your whiteness talking. That is your internalized whiteness because only white people have historically had such power, except for the fact that now everybody has that power in the United States and legally has had that power since the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Okay, other things that are aspects of whiteness in the United States. Family structure. That's a white thing. Again, this is according to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Family structure is a white thing. The nuclear family is a white thing. Wife as homemaker, husband as breadwinner, children as independent, and that they should have their own rooms. Apparently, if your kids have their own rooms, it's because it's a white thing, which is real weird because uh, when I was growing up, I shared a room with all three of my sisters until I was 11 years old. So I guess we weren't white then. So that's, that's kind of strange. Emphasis on scientific method is a white thing. I'm not kidding. It says this, this is a museum. Okay, the museum is saying that if you believe in the scientific method, it's because it's a white thing that you have internalized. Objective, rational, linear thinking is a white thing. Cause and effect relationships are a white thing. Quantitative emphasis is a white thing. Data analysis. Basically, if you think like a rational human being, it's because you've internalized whiteness. Okay, this is the most racist thing in the entire world. This is basically suggesting that if it were not for white people, there would be no rationality. Rationality would not exist. There's not been a single brown person steeped in their own culture in human history who thought in a linear, quantitative, cause and effect way, which is bizarre, ahistorical, and insane. Okay, if you, if you emphasize the scientific method, that's only because you're white. Okay, David Duke could have, I'm telling you, David Duke could have written this because David Duke's like, you know what's great about white people? Individualism, their scientific thinking, their brains. Because right, David Duke's a racist. Okay, this is a racist document, but it's masquerading as an anti-racist document. And I'll explain why in a second. Okay, other things that are white. If you mention Western civilization, that's a white thing. 
because Western civilization is not important, apparently, in the broad view of humanity, despite the fact that Western civilized values have now taken over most of humanity and have been responsible for the uplift and freeing of billions of human beings. The heavy focus on the British Empire in history is a white thing, because apparently the British Empire was not important, except for the fact that the sun literally never set on the British Empire. So there, there was that. It was kind of an important part of, of human history. Work ethic. The Protestant work ethic is a white thing. Hard work as the key to success is a white thing. It is, a, it is a, an aspect of white-dominant culture. If you believe that you should work hard and you should work before you play, I, I'm serious. These are white things, according to this museum. Not kidding. Also, delayed gratification is a white thing. If you're oriented toward the future. Now, again, every aspect here, everything I'm talking about, these are the preconditions for success in any free system. Being a person who focuses on the future, delayed gratification, hard work, rugged individualism, a belief in data and science. Like these are the preconditions to success in a free country. These are being labeled white things. And if you believe in them, you have internalized the white culture. Wow. So you heard it yourself there. And again, I, I want you to the whiteness. The word whiteness was thrown around a lot. Remember, that was taxpayer sponsored. That was the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. OK, that would that's a museum. That's not just some fringe lunatic on the left somewhere saying crazy things. I mean, we, you could expect that in every age, uh, somebody saying craziness. But to be on a national level, to just simply put it out there like that, that's taxpayer sponsored. I mean, think about it. The Protestant work ethic. It's in the name, folks. It's not white. It's Protestant, but now that's considered racist. You see, they're going to use racism to try to destroy Christianity. The family structure, really? These are all things you can find in the Bible, not in race. The wife as the homemaker, the traditional setup of a family as wife who raises the children and father who goes out and works, the scientific method. Remember we talked about uh, the Industrial Revolution and innovation, all that came out of the Protestant principles that were laid down in a Reformation? This is a complete attack against that. Objective thinking? Are you kidding me? Cause and effect? We don't, we're not supposed to think cause and effect. We're not supposed to think that if I do something and something bad happens that maybe I should alter what I'm doing. I'm not supposed to consider that. And it, it's a racist to say that all these things are white because... Many of our, our highly, high, most highly acclaimed doctors, theologians, are from India or from Asia. Some of our best data analysis people are, are Asians. I mean, and then the British Empire. Well, where did the King James Version come from? Where did, where did, what was the outflowing of the Protestant Reformation that led to the American colonies and led to the founding of the Constitution? That was from the British colony so it would it all of this makes sense when you think about it like this working hard owning property now that's pure communism right there that we can't own property it was one of the don't forget it was one of the founding principles of this country life liberty and property they changed it to pursuit of happiness and they did that because the southern states who owned slaves would say that they had a right to their to owning those slaves because they considered them their property so they changed it to the pursuit of happiness but originally it was it was life liberty 
and property. This tack is, a, is clearly on Christian values, and it's not about racism. Please, please keep that in mind. All right, now I'm going to close here with one more quote from Ellen White from the Review and Herald, December 18th, 1888. Running out of time here, so. A time is coming when the law of God is, in a special sense, to be made void in our land. The rulers of our nation will, by legislative enactments, enforce the Sunday law, and thus God's people be brought into great peril. When our nation and its legislative councils shall enact laws to bind the consciences of men in regard to their religious privileges, enforcing Sunday observance and bringing oppressive power to bear against those who keep the seventh-day Sabbath, the law of God will, to all intents and purposes, be made void in our land. And, a na and national apostasy will be followed by national ruin. You hear that? National apostasy will be followed by national ruin. Eventually, this country will fall because of the Sunday law, because they enforce it. They will remove themselves from God's blessing and protection. We see that those who are now keeping the commandments of God need to bestir themselves, that they may obtain a special help which God alone can give them. They should walk more earnestly to delay as long as possible the threatened calamity. If in our land of boasted freedom, a Protestant government should sacrifice every principle which enters into its constitution and propagate papal falsehood and delusion, well may we plead, it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Again, that's Review and Herald, December 18th, 1888, I believe it's paragraph 6. But keep those things in mind. We're, we're told that the scenes of the French Revolution will be repeated. We can see it. You can see it happening. I mean, it, it, we're right on the brink. But I want you to remember that as they're tearing down the statues of Jesus because it's quote-unquote a white Jesus, or the Bible is a white supremacist religion, keep in mind what all of this is really about. It's about destroying Christianity, destroying the, the principles, the Christian principles upon which this nation was founded. And I'm not including race, uh, uh, sorry, we're not race, slavery in that. That was the, that was the problem with this country. That was the, the, the flaw that this country had that it carried over from colonies to a nation. No question about that. And look how it's biting us today. It's too bad that we couldn't deal with it at the time when Thomas Jefferson would have liked to deal with it during the de during the, the drafting of the Declaration of Independence. But look, here we are. But remember, all these things that are happening, God is in control. So we need to be in prayer for our country, our leaders, ourselves. We need to bestir ourselves, take a real moral inventory and ask ourselves if there's there's anything that the Lord wants us to do. If there's sins in our lives, I, 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 my, it's my prayer that we, we remove them. That's how we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world by doing the little things right. All right, so with that, I am signing off. Thank you for listening today. I've been Cody Moore, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.